This podcast episode is powered by Afropods, the world's number one podcasting platform for African stories. Hi guys, welcome to Market Mondays where we talk about what has happened in the market in the last week and what to watch out for in this coming week. With us we have... Uh, hi everyone, my name is Davis Gadinji, a financial analyst and I'm glad to be with you today. Hi guys, my name is Eric Asuma, uh, an in-house commentator here at Kenyan Wall Street. Oh, and I'm Lea, Lea Njoroge, your host, and our podcast is brought to you by Hisa and the Kenyan Wall Street. However, remember this is not advice to buy or sell a share, it is just our opinions on the markets. Okay. I think uh, we can kick this off. Uh, Davis, how was the weekend, man? Uh, my weekend was okay. Uh, it was a bit brief. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, I was really looking forward to the week starting. You know, as investors, we really like to look at the markets, and so <laughs> weekends are a bit boring. Yeah. Yeah. And yourself? Uh, mine was good. It was a good one. I know, as you've mentioned, weekends. Um, financial markets across the globe are really active during the weekends, but that's what we intend to change with HISA, so that it's easier you place your order even during the weekend, it's executed on a Monday. Oh, yeah. Really so nice. uh, as a kick off the new week, uh, maybe we can start with uh, some of the things that stood out in the previous week. Yeah. Uh, maybe what, what stood out for you in the, in, the, in, the, in the previous week? Well, to begin with, um, Stanbic Holdings gave out the financials, mm-hmm. so as was expected, they had a drop of 18.6%, so their earnings dropped to 5.2 billion. Uh, among notable insights was that net interest income reduced. So for our viewers or listeners who may not um, understand the different revenue streams that a bank has, so one of them is interest income. How you would define this is that when you go to a bank and they give you a loan, now that loan for them becomes an asset, whereas for you it's a liability because you have to give interest payments. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, vice versa, when you go and deposit your money at a bank and um, it starts earning interest, you know, like if you put it in a savings account, that's interest income for you. So it's an asset for you, but it's a liability to the bank. So interest income refers to the difference between these interest rates. So the rate at which a bank will issue out a loan, for example, let's say at 10%, and then they give you interest in a savings account at uh, roughly, it's gone down a bit, so let's say roughly 6%. So let's say they make money on that 4%, Mm -hmm. okay, that is interest income. So their interest income reduced by 4% to 12.8 billion. Then, then the other revenue stream was non-interest revenue. This just refers to the fees that a bank um, gives out in a sense, like fees for taking on loans, serv- different different service charges, etc. Mm-hmm. So that also went down by 8.7%. And then as per our expectations, loan loss provisions rose by 54%, which is extremely high, but it was expected given the COVID environment. I believe a large proportion of the loan book was restructured and then also, um, yeah, a lot of relief that was being offered to individuals. So a lot of moratoriums being issued, a lot of loan restructuring. So all of this was expected. And this, of course, would suppress the 
profit before and profit after tax, which of course drops by 18%. But um, of good note is that loans and advances increased by 2.7%, their deposits were up by um, 15%, investments in financial securities, so government bonds, etc., was up 25%, and also oh, cash generated from operating activities was really down by 30%. So, this is the trend that we're expecting, especially considering that um, a lot of banks are giving out the financial results this week. A lot of banks have given out profit warnings. A lot of banks are um, hedging or have been affected negatively by COVID. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, what's your take on the same? Interesting. Uh, you mentioned about profit warnings. So far, I think we have around 18 profit warnings. Yeah, astounding. That's astounding compared to a total of, I think, around 60 companies. listed companies. Yeah. So meaning we should expect to see more yeah. profit, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, specifically on the financial services sector, which traditionally we haven't really seen much profit warnings from the financial services sector. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a sector that uh, investors always, always see as more of resilient compared to other sectors of the economy. But as, as, you, as, as, you, as we are all aware, uh, if, if virtually every sector of the economy was uh, was hit by the pandemic. and and. Uh, but I expect the, the banking sector, the financial services sector, to be more resilient compared to, to, to more sectors. Uh, what stood out for me, I think, was uh, Safaricom declined in the previous week, yeah. around 3.7%. Um, generally more of like a profit, uh, uh, profit taking uh, by investors. Yeah. And, uh, uh, and what, I, I don't know, uh, what's your view in terms of expectations this week? Should we see Safaricom continue to decline? as investors uh, take more for profit, uh, given the recent, uh, recent gains? Um, actually, I've been seeing a lot of foreign outflows with regard to Safaricom mm-hmm. and also uh, banks, a lot of large cap stocks. Um, my expectation is that possibly, because book closure, I'm not sure if book closure is today or it was on Friday, mm-hmm. uh, one of those, there might be a bit of selling uh, profit taking and the like even though the dividend yield of course was quite low okay but it's um it's almost as if investors are taking a wait and see approach especially toward the ethiopia license that safaricom was hoping to get okay. it's currently trading at quite a premium i think at 20 times earnings which is quite significant but then again it is a telco and more or less a tech firm okay because of uh, all the fintech activities. So I'd see, continue, I expect to see continued downward pressure on the counter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, interesting. Speaking on Safaricom, the interim dividend, I think that was announced on 10th of February, and uh, uh, the, the interim dividend of 0.45 shillings per share. Uh, closed, books closed on uh, 5th March, and payment will be made on 31st March for investors who are, who are keenly following that counter. Uh, okay. So, which essentially means that we might expect, we should expect the share price to go a bit downwards. Yeah. Okay. Uh, maybe it's the next, uh, uh, probably the next sort of uh, topic that we should touch will be on what's happening across the globe. Uh, oh, yeah. On, on, on Saturday, we saw the U.S. Senate, right? Uh, what they did is they approved, uh, they approved the stimulus package yes, the of 1.9 trillion. Yeah. Yes, and, uh, and and the final vote I think is expected on Tuesday, hmm. right? What's what you expect? What what's your expectation with this with regards to uh, uh, if you compare that to the stock market? 
and the stimulus package? Well, if I, comp- if I look at the stimulus packages that were given out over the past year, a lot of those led to asset price inflation. Mm-hmm. So a lot of this money, um, how it works is as such. So the government will issue out stimulus and the like, and then the bond will go through, a, I mean, the Fed will go through a bond buying program. So they buy bonds at premiums. And a lot of these individuals and companies who are um, selling their bonds to the Fed will move their money toward financial assets. <laughs> so this, of course, will lead to asset price inflation. And further also because you have more money chasing f- fewer goods, the law of demand and supply will dictate that a lot of this money, I mean, sorry, this will lead to asset price inflation because there's more money chasing fewer goods. So with regard to this new stimulus, it's going to end one of two ways. It's considering that the U.S. economy has been opening up and is continuing to do so because the COVID vaccine is um, really, their efforts have been really good with regard to vaccinating the population. If these checks reach the people and the economy is actually fully opened up, you must realize that this will result in actual inflation as measured by the consumer price index. So people will take their money, put it into um, buying everyday goods and services. That hasn't been the case because uh, prior to that, a lot of money was going to um, assets. That's why you have asset price inflation. So it's either you expect normal inflation as measured by the CPI or you have asset price inflation. In fact, there's been a bond sell-off. That's why the 10-year treasury uh, yield has been going up because people have been selling their bonds because of future expectations of inflation. Um, if you compare the current market right now to what the market was in the 1970s, low interest rates, of course at the time quantitative easing was, uh, quantitative easing means printing money in a sense. It wasn't that common, uh, that started in 2008, but at the time the economic policies were really expansionary and that led to a serious amount of inflation. And so the end result was that the Fed was forced to raise rates. The Fed has said that it won't raise rates this time, but it may be forced to if inflation gets too high, you know, because it needs to slow down um, the rate of inflation. It needs to calm things down. And unfortunately, if the Fed actually does raise interest rates, that raises the cost of capital and it will (laughs) lead to a recession. Let me just summarize it like that likely to likely lead to a recession as people uh, sell off their stocks uh, and move to bonds and the like okay uh for those uh maybe more details about the package is that the package uh, was passed in a 50 to 49 vote with most of uh, with the 50 majority being the democrats again uh the democrat lawmakers in favor in favor against uh, the Rep- the republicans one of the things that uh, probably the bill includes a 1,400 USD check for every qualifying citizen, $300 per week in unemployment benefits until September 6th, as well as provision for state education and health care. Mm-hmm. One of the things that we saw in the previous stimulus packages is that most of these citizens who had access to this stimulus package took this cash and pumped into this into the stock market. Yeah thereby raising uh, prices of stocks like the likes of Tesla. Yeah, quite right. significantly. They're trading such stocks, high premiums. Yeah. Wow. Exactly. Yeah. So which, which, which essentially means that uh, uh, should we expect the prices of stocks, of these tech stocks, mm. the likes of Tesla to go up, even the, the new stimulus package? Well, given that you, you saw what happened the last few weeks, yeah. Tesla has actually dropped in share price. 
Yeah, uh, actually, since Tesla announced that it bought Bitcoin, I think it's roughly down 30% since then. And uh, the Nasdaq index should be down roughly 3% year to date, which is um, sort of expected. So in a low interest environment, remember, the cost of capital has really gone down. So uh, allow me to explain this a bit further. How we value stocks is that you estimate future growth rates of companies, Cindy, and then mm. now you discount that to the present. So your discount rate is um, the opportunity cost. Opportunity cost means that you would have used this money in something else. So the discount rate that usually you use is, um, let's say, the ten-year Treasury bond, mm -hmm. which is uh, roughly now trading at one point five percent. When the Fed reduced interest rates to the way it did, it means that the cost of capital reduced significantly. And that's why the value of uh, stocks shot up tremendously, especially growth stocks. Those ones are the ones that are really impacted positively. In fact, growth stocks have outperformed value stocks for the past 10 years, but that's just because we've been in a quantitative easing environment, in a sense. So momentum trading has outdone value investing mm -hmm. for the past 10 years. Um, my expectations going forward is either one of two things. So if the Fed is forced to raise interest rates, there will be a market correction, a severe one. Okay. Mm -hmm. If that does not happen and the Fed actually keeps rates down and inflation doesn't go up the people are expecting, there's likely to be a lost decade. Like if you read um, writings of people like Benjamin Graham, uh, securities analysis, you'll realize that it's better to buy um, even a poor company or a company that's not doing so well under current market conditions that, that is trading at a good price rather than buying a really highly valued company even though that company is great because people are preempting a lot of future growth. So you find that in long periods of time um, these companies that are trading at extreme premiums will underperform the market. Um, actually a really good fact to note is that between 2000 and 2010 or 2009 thereabout, the S&P gave a return of 0.1%. <laughs> that is extremely low. That was considered the lost decade. If you'd bought Amazon at its high in the year 2000, you'd have waited 10 years for you to uh, break even in a sense. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then now, um, other than that, emerging markets, of course, performed roughly 10%. Sindio, mm -hmm. for the past 10 years now, between 2010 and 2019, the S&P has performed tremendously well, uh, doing 13% uh, compounded annual growth rates. Mm -hmm. And emerging markets have really failed, they've done 3.8%. So there's a high likelihood, uh, considering at the premium that the, what is it called? That the US market is trading at a P-E ratio of roughly 40. And if you check the data from the 1800s, from roughly 1880, stocks always trade around the P-E ratio of between 15 and 20. Okay, mm -hmm. so for the U.S. market to give these returns or to return to that average P.E. ratio of between 15 and 20, the U.S. market for the next 10 years will have to give an average return of 0.9%. You get, so you have mm -hmm. a lost decade. That's why people are saying we might have a lost decade going forward. So those are one of two eventualities or one of two scenarios with regard to the U.S. market that uh, investors are foreseeing. Okay, interesting. I think... Uh uh, on markets, that's it for today. Uh, basically, uh, for more, you can always uh, download this app, uh, give us your views, your comments. 
before we close this, maybe you can let Felix uh, Ochinia give out his thoughts and comments. Hi guys, I uh, hope you're doing fine. Uh, for this week, maybe I'll just be looking a little bit on Nation Media Group. Still hoping that we have a little bit of a rally and also just uh, earnings expectations. Uh, really, I still we're still a bit optimistic about um, Equity Bank and KCB, but everything else remains good. We're hoping that the market continues to rally. We're really hoping that we see um, we see the indices go back up to where they, they previously were. We're looking on the NSC20 uh, going above 2,000 basis points. We're looking on um, on, on the NSC25 going back to about 3,300 and thereabout. Hopefully within the, within the year. So we're still a little bit optimistic of the of the market. So those are a few things we are likely to look onto this coming week. Okay. Uh, as, as as everyone is aware, today is International Women's Day, <laughs> and you are privileged to have Leah here. Yes, that's why we actually let Leah be the host for today's podcast, yeah. and not just because it's International Women's Day, but it's also because Leah is an awesome uh, part of this team, and as usual, we celebrate her today. Definitely. Thank you. <laughs> so as we close, maybe uh, it's a day that we celebrate women, uh, female leaders, and those who are making a difference, not just in the financial markets, but across the world. Uh, Leah, we celebrate you and fellow women and the, and the entire team of women here at Kenyan Wall Street. Uh, maybe, you're close, maybe you can close this for us. Yeah. Well, okay. Thank you guys for joining us. And yeah, find us here next week on Monday, same, same place, same time. And yes, happy International Women's Day to everyone out there. I believe that we are all making a difference in this world. Thank you. I guess see you again next week.